0: Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Octana, and today we'll look at an Akashic tool, the problem-solving box, which you can use to help you co-create your best life. There are many ways to work with the Akashics. Most people's initial introduction to Akashic work is through discussion of Akashic records, or soul books, as a means of getting answers to all the big questions, such as, Why am I here? and What am I meant to do with my life? Because of this focus, they tend to think the Akashic records is synonymous with the Akashics, that soul books are all there is to the Akashics, and this is all they can possibly work with, which often leads to a very narrow-focused understanding of a work word. Words have meaning, but they don't mean the same thing to everyone, nor do various people use them in the same way, and still others have a muddied understanding about the terms they're using, which makes things more of a jumble. To untangle things, here are the most common terms which cause people confusion or difficulty. Akashics. The Akashics is the realm where spirit dwells. It is immense, contains everything which can be imagined, and most things which can't, and for the most part is not a learning center for embodied beings as we're led to believe. Humans access a very small portion of this realm while embodied. Akashic Library. This is the place where Akashic records are kept and while immense, is only one very small portion of the Akashics. It is available to embodied beings at all times, and is staffed with beings to help in retrieving available information. Akashic Records These are records, or ongoing living diaries, of all the activities of all things existing. They are contained and maintained within the Akashic Library. Soul Book. This is the specific, ongoing, living diary associated with an embodied human being, and what most people refer to as an Akashic Record. However, it is only one type of record in the Akashic Library. In my Akashic Level 1 class, I introduce beginning students to the Akashics in general by bringing them to their personal room. Going through the first door brings them to a room which is for and about them. This is where they will meet their animal guide and where they will start each meditation. While I use it as a safe place for them to land and to return to in case they find themselves in a situation which is overwhelming or too difficult to process, it's much more than that. Their room is the one place in the Akashics which is solely for them. No one else may enter it without their permission. The meditations in my class are constructed to give this permission to their animal guide or guides, and only them. Even I'm unable to enter without the student's request or permission. In the room, each item, color, scent, and fall of light is something for or about them. Each is a form of communication available to them for exploration, enlightenment, and transformation. While each room is capable of changing and will do so as a reflection of changes within the student's embodied life, it is not a projection of their mind. It has its own existence outside of the student and will resist being changed at their whim. In fact, this is something I suggest to students who struggle with the question of whether or not what they're experiencing is all in their head. I suggest they pick something in the room and try to change it, The change may flicker in and out at best, but then the object will return to its original state. This is in practice like saying, during lunch with your best friend, that you don't like the way they've done their hair, so they should go change it right now to please you. Hopefully, they would look at you like you were crazy and go on with the conversation. Their hair certainly wouldn't change simply because you wished it to be otherwise. There are many ways to work with the broader Akashics. For example, working with your soul book is more a passive-receptive process. Depending on how you approach the work, it can be like working with any other resource like a website, book, or handheld device, or it can be like working with a mentor, which is guiding you through material and skills. It can also be a combination of both, which is what I try to lead students towards. There are a couple of ways in which a student can work with a soul book proactively in order to make changes in their current life, but in the main, their soul book is informational and educational. Other options, such as working with a personal room, with the temple of life, with a personal temple, which is something I teach my advanced students, or even with a healer or guide in direct communication, are all active practices. However, these are mostly focused on education, being mentored on personal issues, discovering of self and path, or attempting to find some outside-the-box answer to a problem, often in the realm of manifesting something so we can move past the issue and onto things we wish to experience. Students and workers actively participate in the process, but in order to receive and become rarely as a co-creator of the resolution. Often, students become stuck or simply stop working with the Akashics when they come to a point where they have to move from recipient or student into empowerment. I think of it as becoming a graduate student. There comes a point where the path is no longer about learning and intaking information, going through exercises, and applying skills in order to achieve mastery. Through our work, our being present, proactive, and participatory, we arrive at a point where we need to begin choosing where we want to go and how we want to get there. In fact, the co-creating process, the choosing from an array of right answers and right directions, is the next phase of the path forward. There's an interesting way to do this with the Akashics, which I have come to call the problem-solving box. It's a way in which to look at a situation, problem, challenge, or transition which allows students to look holistically, with logic and emotions and spiritual connection, and then begin constructing a means of working with and through it. Problem-solving boxes are not associated with any specific place in the Akashics. Wherever a student wishes to work, they can go to that place— then think of the situation or problem they're wanting to work through. As they do so, they can hold out their hand, and a cube will appear in their hand. It will be small at first, the size of a grapefruit perhaps, but with almost no weight. This is not actually a cube, but a box. Inside the box is a workspace containing, in symbolic Akashic forms, all the aspects of the situation or problem, Once the box has appeared, the student can peer into it like they would if they were to read a page from their soul book, and then will find themselves traveling into the box. Once inside, their first task is to inspect the space and what it contains. What becomes apparent rather quickly is the space does not outline or describe the student's perspective, but the actual existing situation or problem including aspects of which the student might not yet be aware. Investigating the contents of the box can be revelatory in themselves. This might even be enough to provide next steps and action items. However, it is often the case that after investigation, which can take many trips and meditations if the investigation is to be thorough, the next step is to start actively working with the items. This is what I call the what-if process. In the box, there is no authority which is leading the student to some conclusion or granting them wisdom. In order to see what would work best, what could happen, or even what is possible, the student needs to start working with the items there. If there are large replicas of family members because the situation is about family relationships, then the student can move them out of the difficult interactions they're representing, set them up in a way they think would work better, then say go and watch as they come to life and begin playing out what would happen. For example, if a couple is struggling in their relationship and they're considering whether to stay together for the sake of the children or to go their separate ways, it can be helpful to set up a problem-solving box, not concerning the couple, but for the children. Manifesting a box concerning what would be best for the children can have startling results, such as pointing out in some cases the children would prefer to have the couple separate because the contract they have with one parent is for the genetics only, and not for child-rearing. They already know the marriage isn't meant to last and have planned for this ahead of time. Or the children will be best served if the parents stay together, but with modifications as to living arrangements or lifestyle. Within the box, not only can this be seen, but various solutions and actions can be played out to see short-term and medium-term consequences with some long-term projections, which are possibilities. After a scenario has played out, all the student has to do is say, OK, and the items or representations will revert to their initial settings. This allows for a new scenario to be created, or the previous one to be refined. An aspect of what was shown can be explored on its own for further detail, and so on. Through this exploration, the student is working with the situation, adding and subtracting details, setting up situations for fruitful outcomes, thereby co-creating the best possible solution. At the same time, they're formulating an action plan for how to participate in making this manifest into their embodied life. Once a student has finished using a problem-solving box, they usually find themselves already outside of it, holding it in their hand as the thought is the deed in the Akashics. Holding the box in their hand, they can choose to allow it to dissipate if they've made their choices. To do this, they simply thank it and feel the ending of the conversation. The box will then simply disappear from their hand. If they're not yet done with their work, they can retain the box, bringing it back to their room or whatever workspace they utilize in the Akashics for easy retrieval in their next session. The box itself is not an oracle, it will not dispense wisdom, provide unprompted answers, or instruction. It's a workspace for students to utilize what they have learned and become, to co-create the path ahead of them, one challenge or transition at a time. The one thing I'm constantly amazed at when working with such boxes is the ability it gives for me to find out what I don't know that I don't know. Because the box displays things not from my perspective, but from that of the issue itself in all its aspects. I'm immediately confronted with things I didn't realize, options which I had never considered, and influences I had no way of knowing were involved. For those who want to expand their experience in and facility with the Akashics, I recommend exploring what a problem-solving box provides. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll delve into whether or not you have guides, who they are, and what they're doing for you. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.